0: You're listening to a Richwood Church Podcast. You know, the reality surrounding Jesus Christ, as Wendy said, is much more than just a story. It's not a fable. It's not a parable. It's not a legend. It's not a myth. The existence of Jesus is real, and it shatters The bounds of physics. But the amazing thing about Jesus is that He's so personable that we can get our minds around Him and understand who He is. You see, the story of Jesus is a timeless story. There's no beginning, there's no middle, and there's no end. It's an eternal story. It's a perfect story. And we want to tell that story. Because it must be told. It's a story that changes lives. It's a story that rescues the human heart from destruction. And so as we enter this Advent season in 2019, we'll take some time to explore the reality of this amazing person who was born in a manger in Bethlehem more than 2,000 years ago will seek to gain a deeper understanding regarding His sinless nature, His undiluted deity, the effect that the Incarnation had on history and on our lives, and His resurrection, ascension, and kingship. You see, Jesus is far more than just a story. He's more than a God. He's more than a storybook. This morning, that we'll discover that he is worth living for, he is worth dying for, he is worth telling everybody we know about him. The story of Jesus is an amazing story. It's eternal, it's endless, and this person that we worship this morning, he actually is before the beginning and after the end. And so I want you to get excited about Jesus this morning. I, I want you to leave here more deeply committed to Him, more deeply in love with Him, more more devoted to Him. So take your Bibles if you would, and we're going to start in Revelation, the book of Revelation this morning, and it's going to be in chapter 1, verse 8. So turn there if you would. If you want to grab a Bible in that seat back in front of you, you can turn to page 1028. Revelation is the final book of the Bible. So this page all the way to the back of your Bible, you can use the Ridgewood app as well. Revelation 1.8. So in this text, you have John, the disciple of Jesus. He's on the island of Patmos. He's having this God-inspired vision. He's writing down Holy Scripture. And the scripture he writes down helps us understand the breath and the power and the eternality and the truth of who Jesus really is. And so we begin with one simple verse this morning. Revelation 1:8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come. The Almighty. These powerful words. They help describe the kingship of Christ. This is the end of the first section of Revelation. And John's salutation or his, his greeting here is a reminder that Christ is the eternal King. The Alpha and the Omega, which are the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet. Jesus is the first and He is the last. He is everything. He's further described as the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And the Greek word for Almighty here translates to all-powerful one. And so, far from this kind of mild-mannered, hill-wandering hippie that we've sort of of Jesus as we've grown up and so forth, this is really a powerful, immense person who is the king. And that's the first point I want to make to you this morning, is Jesus of Nazareth is the eternal and all-powerful king. And, and, and I want you to take joy in that fact, because this is a person whose story has no beginning or has no end. So you can trust him, You can can give your life to Him. And our mantra, really, as believers, should be no fear. Because we serve, we are indwelled by, we worship the King of the universe. And so, we don't need to fear being cut off from God. We don't need to fear what's happening today today or what will happen tomorrow, because we know that Jesus is alive and reigning, and always has been, and always will be. It never started, it never ends, because the story that we're studying has a subject that never started and never began. His name is Jesus Christ. And so, as part of that story, He is the all-powerful one, the Alpha and the Omega. But even more, the second reason we can get excited about Jesus this morning is that He is the eternal creator. He's the creator. And to show you this, I want you to page back to the book of John, fourth book of the New Testament, John 1, beginning in verse 1. That's page 886 in that Bible if you're using from the church. John 1. 1 through 3. Because in this short little section here, John shows us the awe inspiring, never beginning, and never ending nature of Jesus Christ, who amazingly is the creator of everything. And so here is the text 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, is that's a reference to Jesus as the creative Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the Creator. That's the kind of power that He brings to the table. And just think for a moment what it would be like if the universal church of Jesus Christ actually believed this and acted upon it with the kind of power that's available to us. Imagine for a moment if Ridgewood Church would totally embrace this and submit to the power of Christ. Think of the damage we could do for the kingdom in our community. And John is insistent about this. And this, endi- this idea of the pre-existent Christ is a common theme in the New Testament. The fact that he created is a common theme in the New Testament. And what John's trying to do here is establish Christ as a credible source because what John wants to do in his gospel is get people saved. He's offering salvation to them. He wants them to know that this person that he walked with all that time is The person that was born in a stable, the person that that did miracles, the person that testified about God, the person that rebuked the Pharisees, the person that went to the cross and died, the person that rose again is worth giving your life to. And so what he's telling us here is, hey, I want to tell you more about Jesus. He's the creator. He's the word that was in the beginning with God. And his Jewish readers here would have have tuned in quickly because those words in the beginning, of course, are the very first words of the Bible. And they had that text, obviously, in the Old Testament. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So a Jewish reader is thinking to himself, oh my goodness, he's tying in Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter's son, with the God of Israel, Yahweh, who is the same person, no wonder the Pharisees got upset because they were the keeper of the law. And that wasn't allowed. That'd be blasphemy. But it's the truth. And and this is an amazing and comforting truth. And this is one of the the really cool parts of the Bible, the truths of Jesus, that affect everyone, believers or non-believers, because we are all under what theologians would call common grace. And all common grace means is that the sun shines on you, the rain falls on you, whether you're a believer or not. And so all people see creation, all people experience creation, and the Bible tells us that that experiential kind of faith should lead us to the Creator, and that we are without excuse, if we do not give our lives to the creator, Jesus Christ. Paul said this really clearly in the book of Romans, in Romans 1.20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made, so they are without excuse." We, we've, taken, we've taken this awesome power and, and, and we've, uh, unintentionally, but we've shrunk Him down to something we can understand, that we can put on our shelves, that we can stick in a book, and He's so much more than a story. And one of the things that's really frustrating in our culture is that people have chosen to worship the creation rather than the Creator. And while, and, and while there's this movement, and, and, and good in so many ways, to embrace the environment and the things that he's created, Jesus is being denied as the Son of God. But again, the Bible said it would be like this. Here's what Paul wrote in Romans one twenty five, Because they have exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever, amen. Don't do that. Don't underestimate the power of Christ. Don't settle for the modern, watered-down version of Jesus that's circulating in so many churches today. Now, many of us who grew up in the church have kind of seen this image of Christ or one like it. And we kind of look at that and say, well, that's interesting, and frankly, I don't really want to follow that guy. And, and, and there were, you know, there's some truth in that Old Testament law where God forbid Israel to create images largely relating, of course, to idols, but that's the image we have in our brains of Jesus. But that's not the image that really strikes. The image that strikes that truth about Jesus is this masculine powerful, compassionate king of the universe. That's that's what we're talking about this morning. Don't settle for less. There there is nothing about Jesus that is weak or meek in the sense of rolling over because he is the king. He's all-powerful. He's the creator of everything. He is eternal. And his story is It's before the beginning and after the end. So the real Jesus is why we love Him. That's why we do church. Let me take it one step further. Jesus not only created everything, the Bible tells us that He is the one who holds the entire universe together. And I want to take you one more place this morning to show you. Please turn, if you would, to the book of Colossians, which is about midway through the New Testament. And we're going to go to Colossians 1... Beginning in verse 16, and you can find this on page 983 in your church Bible there. This is an amazing section of Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. Because a dangerous teaching was threatening the church. And basically, the, the teaching was to lessen the majesty of Christ, both in the cosmic sense and in the lives of believers. So in chapter 1, Paul affirmed his readers that Jesus is the only one who can take us from darkness into light, that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and now here in 16 and 17, look what he writes, "...for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities All things were created through Him and for Him. For He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So not only is Christ the Creator, amazingly enough, it was all created for His glory, and He holds it all together. So what Paul is saying here is that every molecule... Every planetary orbit, every solar system, would simply fly apart if it weren't for the sustaining work of Jesus Christ. I'm no scientist, obviously. I've never been accused of being a rocket scientist, anybody who knows me. And I do know, though, that there are about 100 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy alone. Scientists have discovered 200 billion known galaxies in the universe. And, and a guy came up to me at first service and goes, I've got to tell you one more thing about this whole thing about Jesus holding thing together. He goes, you know, it's, it's been proven that the universe is, is, is moving at a particular rate outward, and he said it's speeding up. I said, okay. You know, I was having my coffee. Like, I'm, I'm digging it, but I don't understand what you're talking about. And, and then he said, let me ask you a question. If you fire a bullet, what's going to happen to it eventually? Now, I, I can even understand this now. I'm starting to tune in. I go, well, it's going to eventually lose speed and, and fall to the ground. He goes, exactly. If I shoot a bullet in the vacuum, what's going to happen? I was afraid to answer that. I said, it's going to keep the same speed. Yes, it'll keep going in the same speed. I am good. I'm, I'm passing the test. And then he said, what would cause a bullet to speed up? And I said, it would have to be a cause. It would have to be something causing it to do that. He said, exactly. So not only is Jesus holding everything together, Jesus is a cause of the universe and how it functions and where it's moving. And the Bible says here very clearly that if it wasn't for him, it would all come apart at the seams. And so my question for you is, if if Jesus can hold the universe together, do you not think that? He can hold your life together? Do you not think that He can can hold your financial life together, your married life, your sex life, your work life, your life at school, all the things that concern you? And I know it's easy to doubt when our universe seems to be spiraling out of control. But remember who is holding everything together. It's Jesus. It's the one we serve. It's the one that, who indwells us. He, he was here before the beginning. He'll be here after the end. He's still reigning. He's transcendent of time. He's all-powerful. He's the creator. He's the universe holder. And he loves you. And he's in you. And so your world is being held together by him. And so, Jesus came to earth. This amazing king is the same one who decided to answer his father's call. He was born in a stable. He walked in humility, and he came to give his life for us. And so, let's talk about how this affects my life, this idea of Jesus' kingship, because we don't teach a lot about this. You know, maybe it's because it's hard to connect the dots. It doesn't make sense. You know, like, um, okay, that's great. I get all that. That's awesome. You know, that's neat, but how does that affect me as I live my life? Well, here are some ways that I think it's very, very effectual. First, the eternal story of Jesus can secure the believer. The eternal story of Jesus can secure the believer. All of us are afraid of something. So, what are you afraid of? What keeps you awake at night? Is it the spiritual destination of your children? Is it your health? Is it your financial security? Is it death itself? If you're in school, is it that, is it that bully that's waiting for you every single day? Knowing who Jesus is, knowing his story, knowing that it never ends and that he is the king of the universe can help secure us to know that we're not in this alone. He's watching over us. He has the power to do whatever he wants. And so this incredible story secures the believer. Secondly, this is amazing because the eternal story of Christ can provide a purpose for living and provide a purpose for living. You know, we li- we're, we're, we're in an epidemic right now in our country of depression, anxiety, of loneliness. I mean, every now and then I wander back, Steiger Ministries, who are out to reach the global youth culture, have their offices here, so every now and then I walk back and I pray and I talk with Aaron Pierce, who runs the thing, and and, he, and, and I said, what, what's the one, number one thing, one thing that the global youth culture, meaning non-believing youth, unchurched youth, are, are struggling with? He goes, loneliness, detachment. It's an epidemic in our culture. They're, they're desperate for a purpose. We've been wired to have a purpose and thankfully as Jesus followers we know what our purpose is. It's to love Jesus. It's to serve Jesus. It's to bring others to Jesus. It's to glorify Jesus. That's why you're alive. That's why you've been created. So the the amazing thing about this story when you really understand it you understand that he's more than just a character in a play or in a book. He's the Living, reigning king, and he's worth living for. He's worth living for. It brings a purpose, it brings security when we understand this. And then, thirdly, the eternal story of Jesus can provoke a passion to tell others. Or at least, it should provoke a passion to tell others. This story is nothing but good news. And we have good news, we tell people about it. Every now and then I check Facebook. I know it's happening. And this is all good news. The fact that Jesus is a king is good news. The fact that he came and walked amongst us and gave himself voluntarily on a cross is good news. The fact that we can be saved through faith in Jesus is good news. And the fact that we can live forever with him, not only as a subject in His kingdom, but as an inheritor of His kingdom, is great news. But if we really believed that, we would be out telling the world. Uh, the people we work with, the people that we go to in our clubs, the people that we, we go to school with. And as First world Church, man, we've got to take this seriously because people need to know this news. And that's why... We're trying to reach children and students and we want to we start a preschool so we can reach families in our community for, for decades to come. We want to be a community center. That's what this Illuminate thing is all about. That's what the building restoration is for. It's not to make us comfortable. It's not to provide really cool church to come to. It's so that we can do ministry because people need to know this Jesus. Because our lives change when we understand the truth of the pre-existing King. If you're looking for something to give your life to, to devote your time to, to make it your destination, it's got to be Jesus. Everything else is fool's gold. So I'm calling you this morning to consider what it would mean to give yourself totally to Jesus to sit down one day like I did on a porch swing and I said, Jesus, I've had enough. you got all of me. Do what you want with me. That was the day that I discovered what it was to truly be a Jesus follower. That's what he's calling you to do. And, And what I've taught you this morning and what we've learned together just simply gives him credibility so that we can love him more and devote ourselves to someone who's real and who's amazing and who has a story that is before the beginning and after the end. It's incredible. And, And I go back to those first words of John this morning. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. That's our Christ. As we go to the Lord's table this morning, let me pray. Jesus, thank you for being this person that is so amazing. Thank you for responding to your Father's call. Father, thank you for allowing your Son to give his life for us and and anointing him as this amazing King. Holy Spirit, thank you for opening our hearts and minds and directing us to where we need to go so as we come to your table now, help us to examine you in a new and deeper way. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. We encourage you to receive the message that was just given and let the Lord do a mighty work in and through you. For more information on how to connect, give to this ministry, or for more faith-based resources, visit us at myrwc.org.